This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast Legislative District Candidate Series. I'm your host. My name is Stephen Cox. Hello. This week, we talk with Sasha Bentley. Sasha is a Democrat running for state representative in Washington's 14th district in position one. I think the best way to get through the change that we need to uh, in a progressive and technological society is to include the people as much as possible. And I think if we include the people, they'll be voting, they'll be talking to their representatives. That's coming up. So stay with us. So just a quick word about what we're doing here with this series before we get started. So it was very exciting to see just how much Democrats were able to get accomplished this year in Olympia with control of both chambers. Governor Jay Inslee's pen got a pretty good workout. But there's a lot more that can be done next year, and that will mean Democrats extending their margin in both chambers. So from now until November, we're going to be highlighting candidates on this series who are running for both state house and Senate. So the idea is to get to know some of the people who are running, let them tell you what they're about and generate some enthusiasm and some momentum. Uh, And I will say that if you yourself are running or know somebody who is, and if you or they would like to be on the show, shoot me an email at indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Sasha Bentley recently announced that she is running for state representative in Washington's 4th Legislative District in Position 1, and we are very happy to have her back on the show to talk about it. Sasha Bentley, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, so you've been really politically involved for some time in your region. You have been a big part of the group uh, Columbia Gorge Women's Action Network, which we talked about when you were on the show the last time. You have founded a nonprofit called Clickitat Advocacy. And uh, fun fact, uh, the first time that you joined us was in part to talk about a political board game that you and your husband developed called Checks and Balances. You were also elected the chair of the Clickitat County Democrat Party. Um, you have since resigned to run for the state house, as I said in the intro. So I'm just curious, was there a particular tipping point? Was there a personal moment where you're like, yep, I've got to do this? What what was that like for you? Yeah, so I was already at the point uh, before this 2016 election where I was looking for a career change. But I guess you could say that that election was the tipping point for me. Um, and specifically seeing the voter turnout, the population turnout uh, in such an important election, was inspiring to me to get involved to try to inspire people to vote again. Yeah, talk about those numbers because they surprised me. You list them on your site. What was the turnout like in your district? Well, so compared to nationally, Washington State has a really great voter turnout. We make it uh, pretty easy to vote. And even after this session, it'll be even easier. They pass Voting Rights Act and automatic voter registration. So it, we're on a really great path in Washington state. Our yep. voter turnout uh, for registered voters can be in the 80 percent. But if you're com- comparing it to the population of people that can vote, it's still much lower. And specifically in Yakima County, which is part of Legislative District 14, which I'm running for, it's even lower. So they're dealing with some sort of voter suppression um, or apathy or both there. So, you know, you can look at broad specific statistics, but when you get down to it, it's still, we still have a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. Is that something that if you are elected, you would like to potentially address? Yes, definitely. I would love for our state to be the first to reach 100 percent voter turnout, population voter turnout and have everyone voting, um, you know, whether they write in a candidate. It doesn't mean you have to vote for a specific 
uh, to candidates, you can write in. I just want people to realize the power of their vote and want to do it every time in midterms, special elections, you know, not just the general. Um, you know, you mentioned in your campaign literature on your website that you were looking to show people that state races matter. And it's pretty clear to me, and I think it's clear to a lot of people, um, particularly after the Virginia uh, House of Delegates race and how close that was and, and what that essentially means um, for the balance of power in Virginia. But talk about why it's important to you. What, why do state races matter to you? Well, to me, I just see so much energy towards federal races, which is really great. And if we make some great changes at the federal level, then we our state has to be prepared for those. So if we have a blue wave in the federal government and all sorts of great progressive legislation starts coming down, it all gets filtered through the state government. So how are those federal dollars going to be allocated in the state? Is it going to go to the right places and the right people? So I think we need strong advocates in state government for that reason, but also for the reason that state can actually lead or surpass federal sure. a lot of the times, especially right now. You know, Washington state had two a little over two months of work, and they got a lot done. And I think that's just, that's what government should be. It should work quickly and um, for the people. And so I think at the state level, we can do that a lot better and faster. So we can reach the people more and allocate those federal dollars in a way that will help everyone. So something else that you talk about is encouraging civic engagement. This comes through when you talk about wanting to get to 100 percent voter turnout, certainly. Uh, but you said that you want to create opportunities to connect people to government. So talk about that. What does that look like to you? Yeah, so the government makes such important and huge decisions for the people, which is makes sense. We're electing our representatives to work for us. But at the same time, I think that the representatives should include the people a lot more. The, not only the people that are directly affected by whatever they're focusing on, but just the community at large. And I feel like if we connect more, whether that's just one-on-one, -on -one, whether that's through more uh, media outreach, or whether that's actually meetings, community meetings and events and things to uh, to have these conversations about these specific issues, because then if they if the people feel more involved, um, you know, change is hard. And so I think the best way to get through the change that we need to uh, in a progressive and uh, technological society is to include the people as much as possible. And I think if we include the people, then it will just all help each other then if because if they feel included they'll be voting they'll be talking to their representatives uh you know it goes back and forth and so that's kind of what i see um but i would also just love to look into uh more broadly how can we make our washingtonians mm -hmm. lives so they have enough time to actually get involved in the community, get involved in government. People are overworked and underpaid. And so if, you know, that's not exactly related to civic engagement, but I see it as related because people need the actual time and accessibility to be, up, be, to be able to be engaged. 
Well, I, I think it's absolutely related. And in fact, you devote a large part of your platform to jobs and job creation. Uh, you talk about creating incentives for small businesses, providing funding for entrepreneurship. One of the things that jumped out at me was uh, that you would like to help prepare people to respond to automation and changing industries. Talk about that a little bit. What, what does that look like to you? Yeah, well, I mean, we all know what it looks like nationally, but for the district, we have a very large agricultural district. And so they're facing some um, automation that, you know, is difficult to implement. It's expensive. And so, you know, I would love to help our agriculture um, industry deal with that. Um, but, I mean, this is just something that we're going to have to deal with sooner rather than later and i just want to make sure that we're the government is prepared for people losing you know massive amounts of people losing their jobs so we can get them quickly into uh new education new jobs because there are jobs out there they might just have to be retrained and the legislative district that I would hope to represent actually does have a lot of opportunities to improve our trade and technical schools and apprenticeship mm. programs. So if we get our our kids and and not just our kids, but our workforce realizing that, you know, the four-year college trajectory isn't for everyone. There are some really great jobs in some really beautiful rural areas that we live in. Um, and you can have a great life, you know, working the trades. Um, and, you know, apprenticeships are a really great program that I'm not sure we're really utilizing at the state level. And I'd love to create some for my district and for people around the state. Well, you know, another thing you focus on in education is more robust civics education in our schools. This is absolutely vital, um, I think, for reasons that are all too apparent right now after the 2016 election. But how do you plan on making something like that happen at the state legislative level? Yeah, so actually, that was one of the things that was done last um, session is they did um, help our civic engagement curriculum a little bit. But, you know, there's always more to do. Well, and, you have a board game. That yes, can help, exactly, right? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was inspired after the election to do a lot of things. And one of those things was to get people wanting to vote. And so I wanted to figure out a fun way to do that. And so the game was kind of that fun way to not only learn um, how government works, but also what the political parties stand for and the power of each vote. And so I, I kind of saw it as something that can be used in schools, though I also see it being used between, you know, neighbors or family members. But in schools, it, you know, we need more fun learning opportunities for kids. And um, I didn't see anything out there that was helping our kids learn in a fun way about government and their role in it. I mean, the democracy only works if people are involved. And that's kind of why civic engagement is so important to me, because I want our government to work as well as possible. But I know that the only way to do that is to get people involved. So it's kind of this interesting cycle. Um, so as many tools as we can come up with, this is just one fun board game um, tool. But there are others that were are just waiting to be thought up um, and brought into our schools. You know, there are page programs where kids can um, spend a semester paging for a representative. Um, if we can expand that a bit, if we can, you know, do more kind of hands-on 
like look at how government works programs that would be great um but yeah just there's so much potential that we can do for civic engagement in schools and out of schools Right. And certainly one of those uh, ways and you talk about being connecting people to the government is having universal Internet access. That's something that you also talk about. Uh, and that includes rural Internet access. And that is a personal interest to me because I live in a semi-rural area and my Internet connection isn't the greatest. Uh, <laughs> and But it does make me wonder how on a practical level you would get universal Internet access in places, in rural areas. And there are a lot of rural areas uh, in the 14th LD. So how does that work in your mind? Yeah, so actually, you'd be surprised that there's actually the infrastructure is already there in a lot of places. Um, I know someone who lives uh, in Snowden, which is a few miles from me in White Salmon, very rural area. She said that she watched them put fiber wires in, um, you know, right in front of her house which was great internet, but she's still on dial-up. She can't actually connect to the wires that were put right in front of her house. Hmm. So um, just to kind of work on why that is and make sure that people can connect would be great. Um, you know, there are maybe some areas where we can't get the wire there and we'll have to think of more innovative ways to get internet there. But, um, you know, to me, we're so technologically advanced that we, I believe we can figure that out pretty quickly. Well, so you talk about where you live. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about your district. Um, it runs along the Columbia River to the south. It includes, as you mentioned, parts of Yakima, uh, as well as your town, White Salmon. It is pretty solidly red. Uh, and in fact, in a Crosscut article by Cambria Roth about politics in your district that you were featured in, um, she quotes a woman saying, quote, Democrat is a bad word around here. Uh, so there are challenges that you're going to face running as a Democrat in your district. How do you take those on? How do I take those on? Well, I mean, I think for one thing, I have to stand by the fact that I'm a Democrat and, uh, you know, stand up for it and not try to hide it. And I think that I just have to, you know, keep being clear that my whole goal is to represent the people. So if the people are telling me that they need something, I'm going to be listening to them. That's what I think representatives need to do. So I'm ready to represent my entire large, rural, red, purple, blue district. However, you know, we're going to connect and we're going to see the issues they face and we're going to work together to fix them. And so I'm, I've always grown up with kind of um, you know, people of different political views. I've lived in California. I've lived in Idaho. I have family that are of, uh, that are Republicans and Democrats and Green and everything. So I know that a lot of the problems we have is just being so separate. So the more that we, I can help bring people together and bridge the communities and bridge the people, um, that's what I'm going to focus on. And because if we focus on the issues that we agree on, that we have common ground, uh, you know, we can stand united, I think. Yeah. I mean, part of determining what those issues are is going out and listening. I know that you said that that's something you're planning on doing. Have, have you done any of that yet? So, yeah, I've definitely talked to a lot of voters and community leaders um, and we're planning a listening tour for April where we will stop 
in several places in the district to have this sort of conversation where I definitely want to introduce myself, but the majority of the time should be listening to the people and what they're facing. So then I can have actual tangible solutions to bring to them the next time that we talk, whether it's at their door or um, on the phone. Yeah, you've actually said that you are willing to sit and talk with potential voters over the phone. That's unique. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I, I want to be as uh, transparent and reachable as possible. Again, I, I'm i doing all of this because I want to work for people. And so I want to be as open to as many people as possible as I can. Um, you know, that's that's my goal. I want to do it, you know, in an efficient way, of course. You know, I can't I can't work for the people if all I'm doing is on the phone. I want to make it, you know, as efficient as possible for the people, too. But I think it's imperative that our representatives are open to talking to people. That's their job. (laughs) And well, so and then the person that you'll be running against, Representative Norm Johnson, do you find him to be unresponsive? You know, he actually responds um, but they're like one line emails. So there's not much, which is fine. So there's not engagement is, is what I'm hearing you saying. Yeah. I mean, he's there. Um, he has an office where you can go into. So he tries to be, but at the same time, I've heard from people as I've talked around the district that he's not actually receptive, that maybe he'll, he'll, he'll be the one responding, which is nice that it's not an assistant or a form letter, but at the same time, it's still not listening and it's still not opening his mind to what is actually happening on the ground to the people that are um, being affected by these problems every day. You know, he, um, people have said that he might, you know, prefer to listen to experts, which of course it's important to listen to experts, but I think it's also really important to listen to the people that he's supposed to represent. Um, about the issues that affect them and maybe even their ideas for solutions. I think a lot of people have a, a potential to really solve their own problems. And so if we can provide those opportunities and encouragement, I think that would be great. So let's talk about fundraising. Uh, every campaign needs money. Uh, how are you How are you doing your fundraising? I understand you're doing a fundraiser in Seattle. Yeah, so Run for Something is a really great organization that helps young people, people of color, women, uh, run for office for the first time. And so I was connected to two volunteers for Run for Something in Seattle who are really excited about helping to flip um, a state district. And um, so they're going to plan a Seattle fundraiser. I also lived in Seattle for a while, so I'm also thinking of some sort of fundraiser for, um, you know, the lawyers that I worked for. Uh, but you know, a lot of it has been on the phone and through email, just connecting to the people I know, because that's what's, that's how campaigns work. I'm finding, you know, this is my first time is that Mm. you're supposed to be able to raise the first $15,000 within your own networks. And then after that, the house democratic campaign committee will release, um, a donor list where I can start calling other people. Um, but you know, my reason for running is to represent the people. So my preference is kind of more big events, um, to try to get not only people, you know, not only fundraising, but get people there and and in a fun way. Like I want to make government just part of daily life and that can be fun. And so we have a couple big event ideas like a battle of the bands where bands yeah. from different districts can come together and we'll we'll have 
a battle. Um, there's another idea that we have, which I think was taken from Virginia as well, which was a gerrymander. And so their yes. district lines are gerrymandered. And so the they had a fun run along these crazy lines. And, you know, sometimes they were going through, um, you know, the backyards of some people. Right, and right. It, and Yakima, if you look at Yakima, it's split right in two, and they have those same kind of lines. So that's kind of another potential idea is a fun run. So we love these kind of big event ideas, which can also bring in money. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I definitely would rather be talking to voters than donors, but the donors and the money actually helps me reach more voters. And so um, that's just kind of what, what I got to do. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope to, to make our goals. And, you know, Norm Johnson will outraise me no matter what, but he'll do it from big donors, and um, he won't be knocking on doors like I'll be knocking on doors. So it'll be a different campaign. And even if I don't um, raise as much as him, I think we have the people on our side to help help get out the grassroots effort of this race. Well, it sounds like you're going to be doing a great deal of outreach and introducing yourself to people in person. But if somebody's listening to this right now and they like what they hear, where can they go to learn more about you? Yeah. So please go to SashaForState.com and it has all the information you need. There's a donate button. Uh, we have social media linked to that page. You can follow us on our social media, join our email list, there's a place to even schedule a phone call with me, a 15-minute phone call. There, uh, Anyone is welcome to do that. Um, you know, we, we're a rural district, and I want a strong voice for a rural district. But this is a state race, and I want to represent, you know, everyone and, and just make sure that our state remains a leader in our country. Excellent. Well, I will make sure that all of that information is available on the SoundCloud page and also at IndivisiblePodcast.org. But Sasha Bentley, thank you so much for joining us again and best of luck. Thank you so much again for having me and your support means a lot. I love the podcast. Thanks so much. So all of Sasha's contact information can be found on the SoundCloud page and also at IndivisiblePodcast.org. So do make sure to check it out there. And again, if you or someone you know is running for office and would like to be on the show, let me know at IndivisiblePodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>